This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Today I have Joseph O'Connor on the line. He's the author of 19 books, including his most recent book, Coaching the Brain. He's also co-founder of the International Coaching Community and founder of the Neuroscience Coaching Centre. Whether you're a coach currently being coached, thinking about getting yourself a coach, or just simply curious about how to coach your own brain, there is something here for you. I guess I came into coaching originally through music. I was a professional classical guitarist back in the day. And uh, I used to do a lot of performing. I used to do a lot of teaching as well. And so I came across these couple of questions, really. One was, how can you teach somebody in a way that they learn best? Because what often happens is that we teach people in a way that we would learn best, but not necessarily in the way that they would. And secondly, how to give your best under stress performance situations. So, you know, I I would have many good players... uh, to teach and I would usually let them take out the guitar I'd say you know start playing a little bit I'll go and get some uh, cup of of coffee or something and I'd listen at the door and then I would get a sense of how they could really play I wasn't there they were relaxed you know they were just uh, playing as they could now when I walked into the room as you can imagine teacher arrives they get self-conscious And their standard of playing then is very much less. This really intrigued me because their skill is the same. The skill hasn't changed in the couple of seconds it takes for me to come into the room. So something's changed and something significant because, you know, they they really weren't playing so well. Self-consciousness, nerves, judgment, whatever it might be, this was stopping their performance. And I think although... It's obvious in the performing arts, or it's more obvious. This is something, of course, that affects us all, whether we're managers, teachers, trainers, um, entrepreneurs, whatever you like. How do we give our best under stress situation when it's very often ourselves that stand in our own way? Mm, absolutely. You know, and I think that is something that is really critical at the moment. There are a lot of people who are uh, put into leadership roles who don't necessarily know how to guide, you know, their team. And you're not necessarily trained on how to coach people, right? I mean, it it sounds uh, fairly obvious, but that distinction between teaching people what you want them to know and teaching people how they are going to learn, I think is really important. I mean, so tell me a little bit about how you went from that, from uh, the guitar playing and teaching to moving into the coaching space entirely. Well, I was always interested in psychology and um, I wanted to write a book on learning music. Uh, Well, learning guitar, really, but learning it broadened out as books do. You start with one idea and before you realize it, you're writing something very much bigger. So uh, I I, I wrote I wrote the book. And it got me into the space then of writing, psychology, training. Um, I I continue to to do music and, well, I I can still play the guitar. My my fingers remember how to play the guitar. But um, those books on, on, uh, well, on leadership, on coaching, um, on training, they got me into a space then of training and coaching. And um, it's a wonderful, wonderful application 
of those sorts of skills, um, especially in executive coaching, where I, I really like to be. Mm-hmm. And what would you say uh, businesses or uh, other people in that space get wrong about coaching? Yeah, there's a lot of myths about coaching, I guess. A lot of people can confuse it with training, first of all. Um, and training is something different. Training is about imparting of skills, um, whereas coaching is um, it's helping the other people be the best they can be, but in their own terms. Hmm. So as a coach, I'm not advising, I'm not suggesting, I'm certainly not uh, therapizing or, or saying that there's anything wrong with the person. I'm asking questions, I'm helping them to clarify what they want, what's important to them, and in particular, the kind of ideas that we all have that get in our own way, um, which which are the most difficult and which I think is the particular um, expertise of the coach because the coach can't change anything about the coachee. You know, they can't change the people around them. They can't change the circumstances. They can't change how other people treat them much as the, the coachee would like them to. All, the, all they have to work with together with the client is their ideas about the situation. Mm. So the, the, the saying in coaching circles is the problem is not the problem. The problem is how the client is thinking about the problem. Mm-hmm. And then by illuminating that, you can help the client move forward, think differently, and the situation changes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So could you give me perhaps uh, a case study uh, or an example uh, of how that would manifest? I mean, in, in general terms, first of all, coaching, coaching executives, coaching team leaders, coaching entrepreneurs, um, everyone will come with a particular situation that they're, mm. they're not satisfied with usually. Um, you know, they're not getting on so well with the team. They're having difficulties with their boss. They, they don't see where their career is going. Um, they've done, or very often with entrepreneurs, they've done very well in their own field mm-hmm. uh, as the expert in that field. But when they start to run a business in that field, they're no longer doing it. They're having to kind of manage it. And this is a very different set of skills from actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So there'll be something there. Occasionally you get uh, people, and it's great when you do, who say, look, there, there's nothing in particular I just know that I can be better. I want to be better at stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk and and see how things go. But there's usually something, first of all. So it's going to be about, first of all, um, we'll describe the situation, but more important, what do you want? How do you want this to resolve in the best possible way? Mm -hmm. And really important, what's important to you about this? because our lives are made, of course, of the, of the cognitive, intellectual, the ideas, which is, yes, what do I want and how do I want my career to go, but also the emotional um, and the values. Now, the emotional, of course, we're, we're all familiar with, um, that energy, that motivation um, that really drives us. And that goes into our values. Our values are what's important to us, which although we express them in abstract language, um, you know, like satisfaction or happiness or or leadership or whatever it might be, it's actually driven by motivation. If you question someone about their values, 
you're going to get an emotional response. You can tell when people are engaged, you know, voice tone will change, the body language will change, skin color will change. They're, they'll get into it. Hmm. So there's got to be that connection. Because if people say, yeah, well, I, I think I'd, um, you know, like to be a better entrepreneur. I go, well, <laughs> convince me. <you> know? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. Right. <laughs> because if you don't, it, the first person you've got to convince about these things is yourself. You know, mm. the saying is to be a good leader. Um, the first person you've got to lead is yourself. Uh, and because if you can't motivate yourself, it's going to be really difficult to motivate other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, well, you know, we get into the ideas of, of what's stopping them. Uh, and my position is that uh, everybody is creative. Everybody can do it. And we all have these blocks, these ideas, these kinds of uh, things that get in our way. Mm. And if we can explore those, move them out the way. So we're not adding anything. Mm-hmm. We're actually just taking away what's stopping them from giving their best. And then it's wonderful to see people starting to talk more um in a more flowing way, getting more into the flow. And this will manifest, mm-hmm. of course, in the, uh, getting better in the particular things that they want to get better in. And then this goes up the organization so that you, you start to get better results. doesn't necessarily happen immediately. There's mm. always a, a time lag. But um, it goes from thinking in, thinking in emotion and values into behavior and from behavior into results. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, uh, in your capacity, you are uh, someone who would coach a client. But if, let's say, someone does not have access to uh, a coach necessarily, what is something that they could do or maybe an exercise that they could uh, use to maybe help coach themselves if, uh, uh, you know, if the case arises? Yeah, it's um, (laughs) self-coaching is is better than no coaching. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, self-coaching is... uh, is, is difficult in the mm. same way that you can't tickle yourself. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, when you try to tickle yourself, your brain knows exactly what's going to happen. It can predict exactly what's going to happen. Therefore, you don't get the same sensations. Mm. So in a sense, when you coach yourself, the brain, your brain knows, can, can predict um, what's going to happen. But, so, I mean, the questions to ask really are, well, what do I want from this situation? How do I want this to resolve? Mm-hmm. Is the, is the first question. The second question is, what is important to me about this issue? Mm. And then the third question is, what's stopping me from, from getting that? I mean, in a way, coaching is very simple. It's just, it is just three questions. <laughs> Where am I now is the first question. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's going to take into account present situation, motivation, values, emotion, thinking, where do I want to be? So that's the goal. And then what's stopping me? Mm. And those three questions will get you a very long way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know you said that uh, it, it's, it seems very simple, but I think uh, a lot of the tasks or jobs that people assume or think are very, very simple, it's a lot easier said than done, <laughs> right? You know, you There's can write all these between down. Being simple and being easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic way to put it as well. And, you know, these are massive, massive existential questions for a lot of people. I don't think, uh, you know, it's, it's very, um, you know, easy, yeah, to answer those questions in a way that um, doesn't require a lot of vulnerability and a lot of, uh, I, I mean, not to, to get kind of uh, airy-fairy with it, but like soul-searching, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Well, there, there's nothing wrong with soul searching. You know, <laughs> we've all got one. And it's good to have a run. Good to have a rummage round every now and again. Absolutely. Um, and it's it, no, it's not. It's not easy. Mm. Um, and to be vulnerable is to be open. And mm-hmm. um, you know, if you if you can't be hurt, then then you can't be anything. You know, the the, the people, the unfortunate people who are born without the ability to feel pain, are those people at most at risk. And in great danger because they can stumble around the world. They can, they can cut themselves. They can break bones. They don't feel it. Mm. Uh, it's very, very dangerous. So this ability to feel pain, uh, it's <laughs> it's not nice when you feel it. Uh, and of course, being vulnerable is not the same. But it's you, you know you get the same idea of mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open. I'm, I am vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, it means you're alive. It means that you are connected with with the world and with other people. And if you're connected, then you have the possibility of extreme happiness. You also have the possibility of pain. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, it's time to take a short break on that note, but I am speaking to Joseph O'Connor, co-founder of the International Coaching Community, author and founder of the Neuroscience Coaching Centre as well on Razor Game. You're listening to BFM 89.9. Benchmark for Managers, BFM 89.9 You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Today I have Joseph O'Connor on the line. Uh, he is the co-founder of the International Coaching Community as well as the founder of the Neuroscience Coaching Centre. He's also the author of multiple books, including his most recent book, Coaching the Brain. Before the break, we talked about the importance of coaching uh, as well as his own story of how he got into that career path. So now I want to discuss a little bit about the role of the brain in all of this, because as I mentioned earlier, you're the founder of the Neuroscience Coaching Centre. Where does neuroscience fit in into utilising it in terms of coaching? Ah, well, well, you know, the brain's behind everything we, we think. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it is part of the body, of course. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we're a brain on a stick. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, if you, want to, if you want your brain to function well, be able to pay attention, focus, all of those things, then you need to take care of, of you. You know, mm-hmm. you need good sleep, you need good exercise, mm-hmm. you need some kind of meditation practice. All of these things are going to help you. But of course, um, when we make decisions, uh, we are using our brain to do that. And I think it's really, really important, as well as adding a lot of credibility to coaching, that a coach knows how these these things work. Um, because, you know, how we think <laughs> the brain works is not necessarily how it really works. Mm-hmm. Let me start this way. There's a kind of cultural myth at the moment, or cultural metaphor, that the brain's like a computer. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not at all like a computer. Because a computer is not affected by uh, where, where they are, their surroundings, you know, the pictures on the wall, the person who operates it. None of this matters to a computer. Whereas it matters very much to people, you know, who they're with, what circumstances they're in. Um, of course, with a computer, you, you write your word file, you put it away in the hard disk, and when you click on the icon, you expect that word file to come up exactly as you left it. Mm-hmm. This is not true of the brain. <laughs> when we, in order to remember something, first of all, it's got to be encoded, 
uh, with attention. Secondly, it's got to be consolidated. Then it's got to be stored. And then it's got to be retrieved. <laughs> and what's retrieved is uh, actually an act of creation. Mm. It's recreated. It's not just taken out of the hard drive. So we, we literally, we recreate our memories. We recreate our life all the time as we go. So we, we are not a kind of machine like this. And of course, uh, if you go back to the metaphor, it's a computer metaphor now, but mm -hmm. a couple of thousand years ago or so, Plato's metaphor was a chariot drawn by two horses. So the charioteer is the, the, the person and that there was a black horse and a white horse. And the white horse represented intellect and the black horse represented emotion. Now, you can guess which one Plato favoured from the colours, of course. So it was like the intellect is good and then, but the emotions were always kind of um, trying to run away mm. from that. And, of course, this is not true at all. We need both. They're both equally important. We need to have to be able to think clearly, which means that we need good input. Uh, and this this misinformation age is often called an information age, but uh, misinformation is probably better because there's more misinformation than information, more noise than, than signal these days. Mm. So we need a way to, to get good information. And then we need a good way to decide about and sort that information. And that is the job of, of, of the black horse, the, the emotional part of the brain. That's how we make decisions. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, and I've never really considered that. Um, you know, I think that lends itself a lot to how nowadays we are also stressing the importance of not just um, academic or technical intelligence, but also emotional intelligence as well, right? I mean, when it comes to the workplace, we're starting to realize now that that is a skill that a lot of people um, don't realize that is, is intrinsic to being... Um, I guess not just successful in, in your career or whatever, but just like being a, a good person and and being able to sort of uh, get by, I suppose. Um, I mean, what, what, are your, what is your take on uh, sort of that role of emotional intelligence here? Well, it's really important. Of course, many years ago, there just used to be one intelligence. It mm -hmm. was cognitive intelligence, and that's what you measured, and that's what you call people intelligent. But as we know, we can, we know, you know, you'll meet, very cognitively intelligent people that you you really wouldn't want to be around <laughs> because they're, they're not <laughs> they're not such good people to be around so mm. in, we've discovered there are many many sorts of intelligence you know there's musical intelligence physical intelligence emotional intelligence they're all important but the emotional intelligence which is how we connect with other people is one of the most important of all so and I don't think you can be emotionally intelligent fully unless you really understand about how what emotions are mm -hmm. and how they work. Mm. And that brings you again into neuroscience. Mm -hmm. If you could share a little bit on that then, uh, because I think there's also one topic that you talk about that has a lot to do with understanding emotion, and that is how to be well-stressed and resilient rather than distressed and unhappy. Um, mm. And notably... <laughs> Well, stress seems like an oxymoron to me, <laughs> um, you know. So tell me a little bit about that and maybe how someone can at least start their journey on the way to achieving that. 
Yes, okay. I mean, emotional intelligence is a little bit different from stress. Mm -hmm. But if we talk about stress, I mean, when you the word stress means push, pushing or pulling something beyond its its comfortable natural limits. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. Mm. And when people say I'm stressed, you we all understand this is not a good thing. That's just the way that that's, it's done. But at the same time, of course, what, what we would call you stress. Uh, EU stress, <laughs> which is good stress, is the challenge. It's going beyond the comfort zone. It's what you do when you go to the gym or take exercise. You stress the muscles beyond their comfort zone, uh, and that leads to them developing and becoming stronger. But that's, it's important to do it in just the right zone, because if you go too far, then you know you hurt yourself, right? And if you don't go far enough, then you don't get enough, you don't get any benefit. So when we talk about stress, the good stress, it's that um, ability to, to put yourself in a situation. And by the way, this is exactly what a coach will do. Mm -hmm. They will balance between um, supporting you and challenging you. So challenge beyond the comfort zone, think different. And then when you're in that new, rather scary, vulnerable place, then supporting you there. Mm. So that you're then able to move on a little bit, uh, but of course the normal the normal way we use the word stress is what we would call distress, and that's about um, too much challenge beyond our perceived resources, a perceived lack of control, and usually chronic. So it goes on and on and on, hmm. and this leads to changes in the body. The the brain starts to to um, set, get the body to produce too much cortisol. Cortisol mm -hmm. is the the so-called stress hormone, but the cortisol is not the bad guy here. We need cortisol. When you wake up in the morning, you get a shot of cortisol. Otherwise, you, <laughs> as we've all done, you know, you go through the day bleary-eyed. Mm -hmm. So we need this to wake us up. It's very important. And then it, it dies down uh, at night. Mm -hmm. But if you're constantly wired with too much cortisol, this leads to all sorts of things. It leads to memory problems. It leads to weakened immune system, mm -hmm. digestive problems. Um, brain fog, all of these things, too much cortisol all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah? It's it's what you call the Goldilocks principle. You need just enough, right? Mm -hmm. Not too little, not too much, <laughs> but just enough to to function well. Mm -hmm. And that's what bad stress takes you beyond. So I feel like it's safe to say that with stress and with emotions and with uh, coaching as well, all of it is about striking a balance. Right. Yeah. So it's about, you know, when it comes to stress, it's about, OK, you want to stress yourself enough so that you actually challenge yourself and push past your limits, but not to the point that you become distressed with emotions. Mm -hmm. You do obviously have to uh, take, you know, um, the white horse into account. Obviously, that is still yeah. important, but the black horse isn't, you know, as renegade as uh, as we once exactly. thought. Right. But yeah, as Plato thought anyway. <laughs> You really do need the, the those two running together mm -hmm. because when they run together, the synergy is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if they're if they're kind of going apart, then um, well, we've all experienced that. Mm -hmm. And then same thing with uh, the approach to coaching as well, which is you know obviously you want to be able to challenge your clients and you want to be able to push them out of their comfort zone because otherwise, how are they going to learn? Right? We talked about how you know getting hurt is vital in a way to to existence, but at the same time, 
if you just let them get hurt and don't support them, they're not actually going mm. to learn anything apart from like, probably just trauma at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. It's all about the, this feeling of, 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 you often read that being in control. I mean, we're not really in control, mm-hmm. but we, we've got to feel that we have some kind of ability to act and some kind of choice. This is why when, you know, we're stressed and, and particularly, of course, in these times with the pandemic mm-hmm. and, and all of the changes that have been happening, this has put so many people under a great deal of bad stress because it, it's just a n- completely new, challenging situation that we have not been ready for. Um, you know, people have lost their jobs, they've mm-hmm. become ill. It's been very, very stressful. Mm-hmm. And it's worth remembering that um, without... Um, without saying that these aren't bad things, that they are, it's in the end, we're not going to change the reality of of what's happening. What we do have control over is how we respond to that and the choices we have. And therefore, the answer to stress is nearly always action, Hmm. the ability to act. So, you know, with coaching clients uh, and um, they're, they're feeling helpless or they're feeling basically they don't know what to do and therefore they're not doing anything and that's making them feel even worse. It's about, well, you know, at its very simplest, what can you do to um, make this situation better at the moment? We're not denying that there's a bad situation, but it's the opposite of worry. Worry is about this is bad and it's all going to get worse and there's nothing I can do about it. Whereas this is more about, okay, this is the situation and let's see if there's any actions we can take to actually make it better for us. Second, second question. This is, this is, this is the four questions to, to stop stress, as mm. it were, to, to counteract stress. Mm. So what can I do to make the present situation better? Secondly, okay, let's suppose that um, it doesn't get better. Then what can I do to limit the damage that is going to be caused? Mm -hmm. Thirdly, if things do go badly, despite my best efforts, what can I do to recover? Mm -hmm. What's plan B? What's the recovery um, plan that I've got? To, to get back somehow, even if, if the worst comes to the worst. And then fourthly, okay, reality is there. And as they say, <laughs> you can argue with reality, but you will lose 100% of the time. <laughs> so given that this is what's happening, what can I do about my emotional state right now so that I just feel better? Yeah. And this is going to be a great help because, as we know, when we are emotionally stressed and the part of our brain called the amygdala, which is to do with, um, it's kind of the alarm system of the brain. It, it's, it sounds the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. Now, when the fire alarm goes, you know, everybody stops work and, and gets the hell out of the building, right? And it's the same in the brain. When the amygdala says threat, threat alert, the, the prefrontal cortex, our executive functions, our thinking, downs tools, say, whoa, do, I'm out of here, out of the building. You know, there's something important going on. Mm. We don't think very well. So paradoxically, it makes us even less able to cope with those situations. Mm. And that's worth 
um, remembering in the situation. So what can I do just to 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 take care of myself, mm -hmm. my own emotional state in this situation so that I can then approach it? And, you know, this can be very simple. Go and do some yoga, go and relax, um, go for a walk in, in nature, meditate, whatever it might be, mm. just to calm down. Fantastic. You know, I think on that note, uh, we've come to the end of our conversation today. But thank you so much, Joseph, for sharing your insights uh, into both coaching and the brain today. Okay. Thank you very much, Christine. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. I've been speaking to Joseph O'Connor, who is the co-founder of the International Coaching Community and founder of the Neuroscience Coaching Center, as well as an author, too. If you've missed any of today's conversation, you can go ahead and download the podcast it's available on both our app that is on the apple app store and google play and you can also head over to our website bfm.ny to listen to this and more you're listening to bfm 89.9 thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on itunes bfm 89.9 the business station <laughs>